Acts chapter 16. Last week we left off, uh, I believe it was in verse 33 or so of Acts chapter 15. We're going to pick up in Acts chapter 16, beginning reading this morning with verse 1, as we talk about following the Spirit. Verse 1 reads, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. But his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to themselves, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. And now verse 6, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing to Mysia, they went to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Verse 11, So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Symmethrus, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. May God add a blessing to the reading of His Word. Following the Spirit. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 said that, and this is Jesus speaking to His disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And we've reached a point now here in the book of Acts as we've studied it uh, chapter by chapter and verse by verse, we've finally reached a point where that is beginning to really take root and to happen in the disciples' lives and in the churches that are being planted. The gospel is, is going forth. Matthew chapter 28 is, is being uh, put into action. The leaders of the church are receiving power. They're taking the gospel message to the ends of the earth. And in this chapter that we're in today, we find Paul now on his second missionary journey. He's already, he's already gone through this one time. He's already made his rounds and planted churches and established and strengthened leaders along the way. That, uh, and now he is, he is actually undertaking a second missionary trip with Silas, passing through Syria and Cilicia, and he's strengthening the churches along the way, the Scripture says. In Derbe and Lystra, Paul enlisted a young man named Timothy, and you know that name well because there are two books of the Bible that bear his name, letters to him from the Apostle Paul, and he was a great pastor and leader in the early church. He would become a lifelong follower and worker in the kingdom with Paul and with others. And now Paul's company is traveling through Phrygia and Galatia, and they deliver the decrees that the apostles and leaders back at the church in Jerusalem had made and had issued. And once again, we find them, as the Scripture says, strengthening the churches. And now here they are with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. They find themselves in Troas. And Paul has received a vision from a man in Macedonia asking for help. 
concluding that it was a message from the Lord, they went to preach the gospel there. They left for Troas. Paul was, as I study this passage of Scripture and I see these things taking places, taking place in his life and his ministry, I can tell that Paul was dependent upon the Holy Spirit for his guidance, for his leading. And if we study today's text, it will teach us some very important lessons about the leading and the guiding and the direction of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, as we look at Paul's example for following the Spirit, the first thing that I want to share with you today is that the Spirit closes the wrong doors at the right time. The Spirit closes the wrong doors at the right time. What do I mean? Well, Paul had a plan for this missionary trip, for this journey that he was on. Look with me at verse 6 and verse 7 of Acts chapter 16. It says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, but having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Paul had revisited all of his previous church plants. The Scripture says he's strengthening the churches. That's really a big part of this missionary journey. He's, he's setting out to make sure that they're well grounded, they're rooted in the Word, that they have good teaching and good leadership. He had planned to continue on and, and, and work his way into Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. But the Spirit closed that door for him. It says the Spirit of Jesus would not allow him to go in one particular direction. The Spirit stopped Paul from going to Asia Minor. He was stopped from going north into the area of Bithynia. And he's now left with only one direction, east to Troas. This morning I want you to know that if the Spirit closes a door for ministry, if He closes a door in some area of your professional life, if He closes a door... It wasn't the right one for you to go through. How do we know this? Well, we have to understand and remember that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that indwells us, is the Spirit of God. And so as the Spirit of God, He is timeless. He, he, he knows the future. He knows the past. He's boundless. He's everywhere all the time, just as God the Father and Jesus Christ are. He's peerless. He has unlimited power. He, he knows what's going to happen down the road. And He's able to provide for His children. How does this truth apply to our lives, to our, our ministries and our churches today? Well, I want you to know and understand this and believe it with all of your heart. The Spirit still leads today. The same Spirit of God that closed a door of ministry for the Apostle Paul and his company, the same Spirit of God that led these apostles here in the book of Acts and, and, and sent them with a gospel message to a lost and dying world, that same Spirit that led the, those men is still leading and guiding the children of God today. And oftentimes He does it step by step, one step at a time. The Spirit closes doors that we're not meant to go through, oftentimes by removing opportunities that we should not pursue. This process, though, of trial and error, it requires that we be doing something for God. And I want you to know that it is impossible to be led by the Spirit of God without attempting to do something for the kingdom. 
following the leading of the Spirit is crucial in the lives of God's children. And, and, and how many times do we really stop and think about what the Spirit means to us, what it is to us? It is the presence of God in our lives, leading us and guiding us and directing us. It literally, the Holy Spirit keeps us in step with God. The Spirit knows the whole picture. Not just part of God's plan, but all of God's plan. It sees what's down the road. It sees what's in front of us while we see with finite eyes and we only see a part of the plan. In my reading this week, I came across a a story that I want to share with you. The author writes that at the height of the Second World War, Allied bombers were being gunned down by German fighters at an alarming rate. In effort to combat the problem, Allied high commanders ordered an elite group of scientists to assess the situation and recommend a method for protecting Allied bombers. After the aircraft returned to landing fields in England, the scientists studied the bombers and observed the majority were riddled with bullet holes in their tails and wings. Eighteen of the nineteen scientists recommended shielding these areas with light armament to provide additional protection. One scientist, Abraham Wall, disagreed and offered an alternative recommendation. He suggested adding additional protection to the fuselage of the bombers. The other scientists countered that the evidence clearly indicated that the fuselage was the least vulnerable area. Wald countered that they were looking at the problem the wrong way and were seeing only those bombers that had successfully returned. Well, the Allied command was really interested in, Wald continued, were those bombers that did not return. Therefore, he reasoned, if a bomb could successfully, if a bomber could successfully return with its wings and tails shot up, those areas didn't need additional protection. And counterintuitively, the area which had the fewest number of bullet holes, the fuselage, was what needed protection. He goes on to write, ultimately the Allied High Command agreed with Wald for the simple reason that he had helped them see what they previously could not see. Put another way, by seeing the whole picture, Wald was able to stop German fighters from putting so many holes in the fuselage of Allied bombers. Seeing the whole picture, we don't do that many times. And the fact of the matter is when it comes to life, when it comes to ministry, when it comes to to working for the kingdom, being led by the Spirit, we don't have any clue what's going to happen down the road. And when a door closes before us, oftentimes our, our human response, our natural tendency is to get angry or to get disappointed because it didn't work out the way we thought it would. I want you to know and understand this morning that the Spirit guides you. If you're a child of God, if, you know, if, you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are a child of the, of the Father God and you are led by the Holy Spirit and the Spirit sees the whole picture. And when a door closes, many times it's the wrong door closing at the right time. The second thing that I see in Scripture this morning is that the Spirit opens the right doors at the right time. Paul had allowed the Spirit to have complete control in his life and ministry. And now look with me at verse 8. The Scripture says, So passing by Mesia, they went down to Troas. Paul, I can imagine here, is thinking, Okay, Lord, what's going on? I had my plans, I had my road map laid out, I knew my routes that I was going to take to the various churches, where I was going to go, who I was going to see, and how I was going to minister. But now the Spirit of the Lord has told him, hold on. 
waiting. Let's see something else. Let's, let's do things a little differently. And in verse 8 it says, we, they went to Troas. That says to me that Paul was, was being led by the Spirit, that he was adaptable, that he said, Lord, this not my will but thine be done. Whatever direction you want me to go, whatever you would have me do, I will follow. Years ago at a meeting of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Bobby Richardson, he was a New York Yankee, second baseman. And he was asked to pray before their meeting and he offered a prayer that was very brief but very powerful and we would do well to apply it to our lives today. He said, Dear God, Your will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Amen. Paul was seemingly one who would pray that type of prayer. Lord, Your will. I don't want anything else. I don't want to go in my own direction. I don't want to do my own thing unless You bless it, unless You guide me, unless You lead me. The Holy Spirit was the leader and Paul realized that, that it wasn't Him. But far too often we rely on our own wisdom, on human wisdom, on creativity or on ability to follow God. Everything except the thing that we should be relying on and that is God's Holy Spirit. Paul was completely surrendered to that spirit. He literally gave up his own plans for ministry, his own plans for, for, for ministering to others, and he followed the direction of the Holy Spirit. The fact that Paul was surrendered to the Spirit was the primary reason that the Spirit could lead Paul. If you want to be led by God's Spirit, you have to be surrendered to God's Spirit. You have to be willing to go where He tells you to go, to do what He tells you to do. You have to be willing to follow. So what's the application for us this morning? How do we apply these principles to our lives? What do we need to know? Well, the Spirit wants to be the leader in your life. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide and direct your steps. As we just said a minute ago, that same God who, who, who directed Paul centuries ago is still directing and guiding people today. God has not changed but the sad fact remains that the Spirit can only lead us to the extent that we are willing to follow Him. You can trust this statement. Believe it, that the Spirit will open the right doors in your life. And He will shut the wrong doors in your life. I read a story this week about a minister who had received a call from a church. They had asked him to come and be their pastor. And they offered him a salary of four times what he was getting at the church that he was at. And being a devout man, he took time to pray and to seek the Lord about what he should do. He didn't want to make the decision for the wrong reasons. And so one day his, his son was out walking uh, through the neighborhood and one of their parishioners saw him and he said, Hey, have, has your dad decided what he's going to do about this pastoral move? And the son looked up and he said, Well, Dad's praying, but Mom's packing. Some of y'all get that tomorrow. The reality is that when doors open in conjunction with our efforts, we are being led by the Spirit. There's some things that I want you to remember. The Spirit will never lead you in contradiction to God's Word. The Spirit, let me say that again, the Spirit will never lead you in contradiction 
to God's Word. I've heard people say, well, God told me to do this, or God told me to go in this direction, or God told me to tell you, well, what does God's Word have to say, first of all? That is your, that is your litmus test right here. If you believe that God is guiding you to a particular area, that He's leading you to do something for Him, well, first, test it by the Scriptures. Because the Spirit of God and His leading and His guiding and His directing for your life will always line up with the truths of this book. Test it by God's Word. But the Spirit also will never lead you away from God's will. If the Spirit is truly leading you and guiding you and directing your steps... You can trust that it is His will for your life, that it is God's will for your life. So this morning we've seen that He closes the wrong doors at the right time. He opens the right doors at the right time. And the final thing that I'll close with this morning is that the Spirit calls us through unexpected doors. The Spirit calls us through unexpected doors. The Spirit brings the unexpected. Look with me at verse 9 of Acts chapter 16. The Scripture says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul was not expecting to go into Europe. He was expecting to continue on the route that he had mapped out, that he had planned for him and his company. This was not his plan. He was now going in a completely different direction with a far different destination. But Paul was obedient to the leading of the Spirit in his life. He obeyed restraint from ministries in some areas, and he kept going when God told him to go to Troas, and he immediately followed the call and he traveled to Macedonia. He was willing to follow where the Spirit was leading him. I want you to understand this morning that if you're being led by God's Spirit, if you're surrendered to, to His plans, oftentimes the direction that you go in will take you into some unexpected places. Look at the church here in the, the book of Acts. Uh, remember some of the things that have taken place up to this point. The day of Pentecost. I'm sure that many who were there that day didn't expect what happened to happen, but it did because that's where the Spirit led them. What about uh, when, when the Spirit shook up the early church prayer meeting that we studied in, in the first few chapters of Acts? They didn't expect that to happen, but that's where the Spirit led them. And now we see Paul going into Europe, though he had planned a very different trip. He didn't expect it, but that's where the Spirit led him. The Spirit oftentimes does things that are unexpected. You know, I, I stopped to think about it. Why is that? Well... Miracles are seldom announced before they happen. They just happen at an unexpected time to, to people who weren't expecting it. That's how God works so many times. The Spirit is working out God's plan. Not your plan, not my plan, God's plan. And like I said earlier, we don't see the whole picture. We don't know what's going to happen down the road, but He does and He's in control. That's why we need to follow His direction and follow His leading because He sees the whole picture. So here's the truth for us today. What does this mean for us? How do we apply it? Well, understand and know that the Spirit changes course sometimes. That the Spirit is going to open doors and shut doors. And if we're following Him, we have to be willing to walk with Him.
to truly follow, to truly go in whatever direction that He's leading us. He's our navigator. He guides us through these turbulent times that we live in, through the, through the, the trials of life, the difficulties of life. He is our leader. He is our guide. And there's times where that spirit that we follow needs to make course corrections along the way or send us in a different direction and things are going to happen that were unexpected that we did not plan for. Learn to expect the unexpected. Learn to expect those things that you weren't planning for. Living your life for God is, is an adventure. And it gives you many twists and many turns along the way. But I want you to know this morning that as long as you follow, there will be times when your, your faith will be stretched. You'll need to walk through some unexpected doors. But the one who is leading you will not fail you. What new or unexpected places is He leading you today? What has He called you to do that, that is out of the ordinary for you? That maybe you, you wouldn't have planned for yourself, but He has planned for you. Realize that He closes the wrong doors at the right time. Realize that He opens the right door at the right time. And submit your plans, your desires, your, 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 your will for your life. Submit it to the Holy Spirit. Be prepared to have some unexpected things happen along the way. But understand that He is working all things together for your good and ultimately for His glory. Let's pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the opportunity to come into Your house this morning and to study Your Word and to learn from Your Word. Lord, this morning we as a church, want to submit to your, your leading, Your guiding, Your direction for us. So Lord, help us to understand that if You close a door, an opportunity, that it was the wrong direction for us to go. Help us as individuals to understand and know that if, if an opportunity is removed, if a door closes in front of us, that you and your spirit see the big picture. You know what's going to happen in the end and we can trust you. Lord, may we not try to force open any doors, any opportunities that you have not called us to, but follow you through those other doors that you do open in the right times. And Lord, help us as we follow, as we submit to Your will, to Your plan, to realize that sometimes unexpected things are going to happen. That the plans that we've made, which may have been good plans, they may have been plans that would have brought glory and honor to You, but they weren't where You wanted us to go. So we may have to back up and change course and go in a different direction sometimes. But if we, if we submit to Your will, if we submit to Your leadership, to Your guiding, You're going to lead us to Your perfect will. 
You're going to lead us through doors of opportunity for ministry that are going to be greater than anything we could have ever imagined. But above all, your name will be glorified. Your name will be lifted up. You will be given all of the praise and the glory and the honor. Because ultimately, that's our goal. That's why we're here. Is to bring glory to you. Is to honor you. Is to be living sacrifices for you. Lord, where you lead us, we will follow. Give us the strength to trust you. The wisdom to know which direction you're leading us. And a heart that is surrendered to you. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray and ask all of these things. Amen and amen.